0: Hey Parker. Yes. Do you love podcasts? Have you ever wanted to make a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> All right, well then then you can come learn tips and tricks from professionals and students with podcasts to learn how. By professionals
1: I mean us.
0: Yes. Yes. Come to the podcasting 101 panel on the 17th of April at 6 p.m. in Gaylord's Ethics and Excellence in Journalism Foundation Auditorium, which is room 1140. Okay. Come out, hang out with us, meet us, and ask us any questions that you have, like, what's your favorite color? If you were fighting a rabid mongoose, what celebrity would you have join us? And more. I'm in a bad mood because Kurt's being a jerk to me.
2: You know what? You guys can settle this
1: off the Pre the podcast, he was was being a jerk to me, and I don't appreciate it. Baylor, we can fight this out later with words.
0: Oh, we will. No, we will do it with spatulas. Welcome to Next Play, a student-produced podcast recorded on the campus of the University of Oklahoma and focused on all things relevant in the world of sports. Alongside Parker Thune, I'm Baylor Hurst. And now, here's Kurt Watson.
1: Welcome to Next Play. I am your host, Kurt Watson. Alongside me today, we have Parker Thune. Parker, how are you?
2: I'm in a good mood, Kurt.
1: That's good. And Baylor Hurst. Is whatever.
2: Inspired. I don't even care. I'm mad at you, Kurt. Let's start.
1: Baylor.
0: I'm going to use that fuel to mad? defeat Parker. Why are you mad? I'm not going to... No. i See the here, reason here I the grievances. reason I'm in a good oh, mood, goodness, Kurt, goodness. is
2: because Baylor is mentally off his game right now. He's pissed at you, and this is going to carry Parker, over I'm into gonna, his. No, I'm going to use that fuel. I'm going to use that
0: fuel and direct it at you, like 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 a Hami Wave from Goku in Dragon Ball Z. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to use it like that. Shoot a beam at you. Take off your head. That's what's going to happen, but in a more verbal Wow, okay. Way. Let's
1: talk about sports after that. I'm going to destroy you. nerd out by Baylor Hurst. Destroy. Parker, Josh Rosen made some comments about Baylor's favorite quarterback, among other things, about how he will be the best ever. I'm curious to hear, what are your thoughts? On well,
2: this? let's be clear. He did not say that he would be the best ever. He said that he aspired to be the best ever, which, let's be honest, is what every... Promising young quarterback aspires to. But, I mean, Josh Rosen, coming out of the University of California, Los Angeles, more commonly known as UCLA. UCLA. I, I threw that in there just for you, Bailey. I, w- I wasn't sure if you'd put together the acrostic part of that. Oh, now I'm out at you. Okay. Well, Josh Rosen, uh, coming out of UCLA, playing in the Pac-12, did not face the tip-top defenses of the college football landscape. He's in a very similar position to Josh Allen, I believe. And that, you know, the Pac-12 arguably among the power five conferences is the worst. I believe we should be asking ourselves just as many questions about Josh Rosen as we should be about Josh Allen. And, you know, as far as Josh Rosen's comments go, He's just saying what any quarterback would say, right? And every quarterback aspires to win six or seven Super Bowl rings, become the greatest of all time. That's, generally speaking, not realistic. Josh Rosen is probably going to be off the board within the first five picks of the draft. I believe he'll be off the board within the first three. But, you know, he'll turn out to be a fine NFL quarterback. He's not going to be the greatest. He might win a Super Bowl one day, but... Stop touching my feet Kurt Chris over here touching my feet under the table I'm trying to record a podcast here Kurt I would appreciate it if you would take this crap seriously
1: Baylor your response to you touching
0: Kurt I mean touching Parker inappropriately
1: all of the above Parker,
0: first of all Parker
1: I don't, shoved his foot into my hand
0: first of all first of all I think that's inappropriate and I think you should stop Kurt
1: I feel um, violated.
0: I I I Parker's a friend. Baylor, put your shirt and back I won't on. I will stand for it. <laughs> the office. Um but I mean in reference to Josh Rosen, he's not he's not going to be the greatest quarterback of all time. He's not even the best quarterback in this draft. Um but I he's mean, not neither, even, neither was Tom Brady. I mean, well, Tom Brady ended up being the best quarterback seems, in the draft. It See, it's
1: all about the system. That, like, what, yeah, a quarterback in that, just in has that to draft, the right position.
0: In that, like, but Josh, Josh Rosen isn't the kind of guy that people are going to sleep on and he's going to show up later. Uh, I love the mindset, though. I mean, the greatest, the greatest people of all time have a crazy mindset that they're actually the best. And, I mean, if it works out for him, it works out for him. I don't have much to say about Josh Rosen other than I doubt it. Uh, he isn't explosive. He doesn't seem to kind of have that. Like a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL, not a lot. This is what makes them unique, like Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. I even think Andrew Luck is kind of like this. The way that they talk is that they're almost like a football geek. They're like a football nerd. There's nothing that they care about except for football. And if you maybe if you if you if you dissected them where their heart and brains were, you would just find a football I don't. Th- I don't see that when I see Josh Rosen. So I don't think that he can gain that sort of level. But I mean, people absolutely said that about people like Tom Brady, and they'll always say it. So it'd be cool if he did it. I doubt it. He's not even the best quarterback in this draft. I think if anyone in this draft would be quote unquote the greatest quarterback of all time, it would either be it would either be uh, uh, Baker Mayfield or Lamar Jackson. I think those are the only two players that have potential enough to do something like that
2: i've come to realize over the past few weeks that it's it's less about the quarterback and more about the system that they land in i mean look how often how much more often do we see a guy like russell wilson just a regular unheralded ho-hum third round pick that lands in a good system in seattle or elsewhere turn out to be a great nfl quarterback of his era So much more so than you see it, you know, with a guy like Blaine Gabbard or Christian Ponder that has all the tools to be a great NFL quarterback, is an early first round selection, but just lands in a bad situation and has no weapons and has no means to achieve and ends up washing out of the NFL or getting relegated to a backup role somewhere else. It's all about the opportunity. And that's why right now, if I'm one of these quarterbacks, I'm actually hoping that I get drafted first overall by the Cleveland Browns most years i would say heck no i don't want to go to cleveland
0: cleveland is looking like a great opportunity right now they
2: definitely are with the offensive you've got nowhere you've got
0: nothing to lose you know i mean if you show up and you're bad you're in cleveland if you show up and do well you've sparked the flame that is the fire of cleveland
2: exactly and whoever whoever ends up in the new york jets organization my gosh what a dumpster fire that's going to be best wide receiver up there is robbie anderson (laughs) robbie anderson
0: I, I say I would say that the Jets are probably my pick for the worst team in the NFL next year. When was year.
1: the last time that the Jets were relevant?
2: The Mark Sanchez era. So when like they, they almost 2000 beat the Patriots
0: last year. <laughs> when they got close to beating the Patriots last year, that was the last time I remember hearing anything relevant Baylor, about them. Stop! Like you never hear anything. Can, the like,
2: Patriots.
1: You never hear them being in contention for anything. I'm big. just tired
2: of Baylor bringing the Patriots into conversations that Have nothing to do with the Patriots, Kurt. They're in the
0: same conference in the
1: same sport. I mean, Shut to up, be Bailey. fair, you were trying to bait him into talking about Tom Brady and his system by talking about systems. I yeah. mean, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wrong. Yeah, but regardless, Parker... His hatreds are relevant in most contexts.
2: So now we've talked about Josh Rosen. Now let me bring up the fact that it surfaced this week that Tristan Thompson, husband of Khloe Kardashian, was uh, caught on camera. What is the wait, wait? wait, What is the whoa,
0: whoa, whoa? whoa. What is the similarity here?
2: Hey, don't worry about it. Okay. What's the connection between the two subjects? Hey, you'll see. Tristan Thompson was caught on camera sharing intimate moments with women that were not his wife, Khloe Kardashian. Therefore, I think it appropriate that we title this episode Californication. That is all.
1: <laughs> Parker, did you really just go on to that tangent purely so we can name this episode off of a red I give it leaf? a thumbs Peppers.
2: up. Yeah, see, now I've yes. manipulated you into naming it Californication because California, Josh Rosen, UCLA, and fornication, Tristan Thompson. Yeah. There you go.
1: Yeah. We'll see what, hey, we'll That's see, the name we'll of the we'll episode. See we'll see what happens. There's an OC about. We'll, we'll see what happens. Anyway, after that long aside, Parker, let's talk about the NBA. I okay. Actually, I'll, I'll talk to Baylor about this because I feel like Parker gets too much time in front of the mic. Wow. It's fine. You're I good at it. Parker, I think you get
0: a perfect amount of time in front of the mic.
1: Kiss up. All right. So the Thunder, let's talk about them first. This weekend, they had a big win over the Rockets. They had a big win. Last night as well. Baylor, do you see them after now clinching a berth in the playoffs? Well, they actually, they have. They did clinch a a berth in the playoffs. playoffs But do you see them going all the way?
0: I think that with the Thunder, it was never about the talent on the team. I think pound for pound, they have as much talent as any NBA team other than a team like the Warriors. The problem is the way that they fit together, and the problem is the mold that they have. I think that every player on the Thunder could be used properly. I think Melo, he's an all-time great offensive talent in decline. We saw something similar with, with someone like Derek Fisher coming to OKC. I think if Melo would humble himself and come off the bench and score when they needed him to score, then they'd be great. I think that the Thunder with their team, with Paul George being the two-way stud that he is, with Russell Westbrook being maybe the most dynamic player in the NBA, with a guy in Steven Adams who's one of the more underrated players in the NBA, I think with all that, they could make a deep playoff run if they played properly. But the problem is... They don't play properly. I see the Thunder getting bounced in the first or second round of the playoffs, and I see it not being a close series. I see it being a maybe four and two, four and one situation. Maybe, just maybe, they'll come together at the end because I think that they actually have more talent than the Houston Rockets. And I think that they would be a better matchup against the Warriors. Than the Rockets would be.
2: Well, it's looking like right now, as things stand today, that the Thunder are going to get matched up with the Warriors in the first round. And how about this, gentlemen? Right now, as we're sitting here recording, it's midway through the third quarter in Salt Lake City, and the Warriors trail the Jazz seventy-nine to forty.
0: Here we go again. What? Seventy-nine here we go to again. forty. Acting like and they're trying.
2: Hang on. I knew. I knew that was coming. So let me just add this. Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Draymond Green all have in excess of 20 minutes on the court right now. Okay. So what's the issue? What's I, the issue? They don't care. They've clinched their playoff berth. Yeah, but then why wouldn't you sit Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson and leave no question in people's minds so you're, that you don't you're, care about you're, these you're, last few you're,
0: you're, you're actually going to pretend like this game matters? That's what you're going to do?
2: What I'm saying is the Warriors... With only a handful even, of games left in the season. What I'm saying is the Warriors, <laughs> even if this game does not matter to them, they're acting like it and they're giving people very legitimate reason to doubt them.
0: Okay, all right. Well, I mean, you can, you can deny a team with Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, and Kevin Durant, coached by Steve Kerr, if you want... Uh, it's 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 ill-founded, and it's you're 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 assuming a lot with that. Acting like this win at the end of I mean this loss at the end of the season against a team that is irrelevant, you're acting like that matters in the playoff picture. The, listen okay, well, the, hang, on, Rockets, hang on that Utah Jazz Rockets team are, is going
2: to be the four seed in the Western Conference. The They're Rockets far are, from irrelevant when the
0: Okay, when the Rockets are healthy. They're almost unbeaten. I think when every, everyone's on the floor, maybe five losses. Less than that, I think, actually.
2: That's why I see them going to the finals.
0: But like I've said before, if someone's going to beat the Warriors, I think it has to be the Thunder. I think they're the only ones with the talent to beat the Warriors. Which
2: is why this first-round matchup suddenly becomes so intriguing. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And I think here's, here's, here's why I don't say that the Rockets cannot make the finals. If the Thunder can pull this off, they'll lose to the Rockets. The, the Thunder can't make it to the playoffs. They don't have the bench. They don't have the depth. They don't have what it takes. But they do have the potential to be an upset. Would you agree with that? I think, I think, I think that they're like an upset-style team right now.
2: I'll tell you what. After tonight, if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I fear the Oklahoma City Thunder. I, I do. So
0: I, I don't think it's going to happen. I think if the Warriors beat the Thunder, which I think that they probably will, they're going to the finals. I don't think the Rockets. I think people are not looking at this matchup the proper way. I don't think that the I don't think that the Rockets are, have a realistic shot of being the Warriors. They do have a good shot of beating the Thunder. It's like a rock paper scissors thing, in my opinion. Whoever ends up in the semifinals, that's how we're gonna that that's how we're gonna figure out who's gonna make it to the finals. In the East, well,
2: typically teams that make the semifinals do make the finals.
0: Well, one of them does. Mm-hmm. Two of them do actually. Um but in the east in the east I still think especially with some things going down right now uh with Kyrie being out for the season with all that going down with Joel Embiid actually returning what what are you doing Baylor
1: I think the with Philadelphia Joel, Joel Embiid
0: 15 game win streak 15 game 15 win, 15 win streak 15 game win streak Listen I did, I was under the impression Joel Embiid wasn't going to be back in time to face they the may have
2: him back by the end of the first round.
0: By the end of the first round, if Joel Embiid is back, as unstoppable as he is, as huge as he is, as great of a matchup as he is for LeBron James, we might see the 76ers in the finals this year. It's a very realistic thing. Because especially with Kyrie out, the Celtics are done. The Toronto Raptors simply I mean DeMar DeRozan and Kyle Lowry are great. But they can't match up against that team. But the 76ers with a huge, huge player that can match up with LeBron James and Joel Embiid and who can't be stopped on the offensive side of the ball, the 76ers are real. And I, they, I might pick them against the Cavs, which I, have, I've, I haven't picked a team against LeBron during his, during his career in the, in the, West, in the um, Eastern Conference. But this year it might be different.
2: Hmm. I agree with you at this point i would take the 76ers over the cavs and i think at this particular moment the, the the eastern conference is the 76ers to lose Yeah. gaining joel embiid back and on the heels of this 15 game win streak to close out the year and leapfrog the cavs for the third seed in the eastern conference fear philadelphia Yes. come playoffs yes
0: night. and and i mean we're going to we're going to see the the cavs probably play a team in Miami that will be a emo- that series will be emotionally exhausting for them
2: they're actually the going to be cleveland's going to be matched up with indiana oh
0: they're going to be at matchup and even more exhausting because indiana while we don't consider them real threats have been playing great team basketball all season they're going to be a pain for lebron to get by and he won't lose i have i have no no qualms about that but i think that he can get pretty tired from that matchup I think that the 76ers, if they can stay healthy, we're going to see one great um, um, Eastern Conference Finals.
2: It's just crazy to think they'll about play how...
0: They, they'll play in the Eastern Conference Finals if they match up. Is that is that correct?
2: They would be, they would meet in the Eastern Conference Finals. So
0: I think that that's what's going to happen, and I think that's going to be the best basketball we see all year. Oh,
2: man. It's it's just crazy for me to think about how quickly this has all come together for yeah. the 76ers. The last five seasons, they were atrocious. Yeah. At the at the seller of the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. And now here they are. They've turned it around so quickly and not only have they secured a playoff spot, they're arguably the front runner yeah. in the Eastern Conference.
0: I mean, I I think it's neck and neck between the Cavs and the 76ers and the only reason that you say the Cavs is because they have probably one of the most Postseason successful guy who's ever lived in LeBron James, we're assuming when we pick the cast, we're assuming that he shows up. We're assuming he's done what he's always done, which is a safe assumption, but the, the 76ers are proving it game by game for us.
2: And I think, especially in this postseason, And with the season that the Cavaliers have had, it's going to take more than LeBron James to get past a team like the 76ers. Kevin Lovell has to play at a higher level, yeah. yeah. He's going to need somebody to step up. It can't Mm -hmm. just be LeBron James carrying the team on his shoulders because the reality is, in past years, he has not had to face teams in the Eastern Conference that have this level of talent Mm -hmm. and this depth.
0: Especially, I mean, the 76ers would be a standard team that LeBron faced if Embiid was unhealthy. But now it's, it's almost dead even. I would say Joel Embiid, while he's – let's say LeBron is five-star. Joel Embiid is four-star, maybe four-and-a-half. I don't know, man. I, I, think we're, I think in the next coming weeks we're really going to see if the Cavs are making it to the finals.
1: All right. All that being said, who's your pick to win it all? Parker, I'll let you start. <sighs> I don't know. I feel I like think, this question has been asked and changed quite a yes. few times.
2: I, I find myself constantly changing my mind. and I feel like I'm going to regret this because, you know, this team has a reputation as a postseason as postseason choke artists. But I'm going to go with the Rockets over the 76ers in the finals. Okay. And I was sold on the Raptors for a while. Now that the 76ers have hit their stride, they've won 15 games in a row and they're getting Joel Embiid back. I think they're absolutely blowing through the Eastern Conference on their way to the finals. But I believe that in the finals, the Rockets' ability to shoot from the outside and the fact that James Harden is playing as well as he is, I think he's going to elevate his game to new heights in the finals and take the Rockets to an NBA title.
0: Baylor? I just... There are so many situations that could play out this year. For the first time in years... NBA basketball is interesting and especially with the return of Joel Embiid I, I I don't know I mean it depends who wins in the first round you know if, if the Thunder win in the first round I'm taking the Rockets to win the, the, the Western Conference Finals if the Thunder lose in the first round I'm taking the Warriors to take
1: the Western Conference Finals it's all over the place do you see these being some summer madness
0: I, I think so I think we're going to see some upsets this year but I think in the end and, I, and I've said this a thousand times, but when you've got a team coached by Steve Kerr and you've got Kevin Durant, who's the second best player on the planet because Kawhi Leonard's injured, you've got people like Steph Curry, whenever he comes back, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, I think with that team, you're making it to the finals. And if LeBron can make it to the finals, I think LeBron can take them out. I think if the 76ers make it to the finals, they have a better chance of taking them out. With their team, because they're more balanced. So I think if it's a Warriors 76ers matchup, I'd pick the 76ers. If it's a Warriors-Cavs matchup, I would take the Warriors. I don't think the Rockets are making it to the finals, though.
2: And this is awesome. Two months ago, we were still all conceding that this was going to be round four of Warriors-Cavaliers. Now here we are, mid-April, and everything has changed. The race is wide open in both conferences. If you would have told me at
0: the beginning of the season... That we would be, we would be questioning whether the Raptors or the 76ers would take out LeBron. I would have, I would have laughed in your face if you would have told me that. That the, the you Thunder, probably would have
1: called us a few names too.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's 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 just it's crazy for the, and I'm so excited because I was expecting another boring NBA season, nothing to talk about. Whenever, whenever we, were, whenever we started the podcast, I was like, what are we going to do during the NBA season? But they've given us plenty to talk about.
2: And trust me, I have not tuned in for the vast majority of NBA playoff matchups for a long time. This year is going to be different. I will be watching wrapped.
1: Same. All right. Let's move into some discussion about a season that just wrapped up. The Masters just ended. I guess golf season never truly ends. It uh, definitely Masters, doesn't end with the Masters. But Yeah. But one of the biggest tournaments of the year just completed. We saw Patrick Reed win. Uh, it was an exciting showing with Tiger Coming back, Parker, what were your thoughts on this year's tournament?
2: It was, it was interesting. It was not nearly as climactic as I thought it would be, just simply for the fact that the guy that held the 54-hole lead ended up winning, and we didn't really see a change at the top of the leaderboard on the final day. But still, it provided for some exciting action over the final 18 holes of the Masters. We saw Jordan Spieth come out and blitz the field, shoot an 8 under 64, the best final round in the history of the Masters, missed a par putt on 18 that would have put him at a 63 for the afternoon, and tied a course record. I mean, there's not much more that Jordan Spieth could have done to ensure that he won his second green jacket. It just ultimately came down to the fact that Patrick Reed had built himself too much of a cushion on the final day. Reed only shot one under in the final round, but he had just built that that much of a lead that he could kind of sit back, relax and let everybody else scramble and he could just spend all day making pars. Did you have something to add, Billy? Billy didn't have anything to add. But a uh, great win for Patrick Reed, a guy that has always been on the cusp of great success in the world of golf but has never been able to earn that victory that launches him into the spotlight. And with a very resilient performance at the Masters and a final score of 15 under over the four rounds, he's definitely put himself right up there at the top among golf's elites, outplaying guys like Rory McIlroy, Ricky Fowler in that final round to maintain that lead. Great win for Patrick Reed. It was... It was a great tournament just for the sport of golf in yeah. general. Tiger Woods didn't really contend, and if he had, there probably would have been a lot more buzz surrounding the Masters. Well, what did you think but of
1: Tiger Woods' return? Tiger's return.
2: It was it was word. about what I expected it to be. Yeah. Augusta is a tough course, and Tiger Woods, quite frankly, has not played Augusta with hopes of winning in ten years. Yeah. I mean, he's been there it's and he's gorgeous. played. gorgeous every
1: year. I'm impressed by just. The care that's taken in keeping that place up. I
2: mean, Tiger's getting back to his old level. I don't know if he'll ever hit where he was in his prime. My gosh, it's tough for any athlete to hit the level that Tiger Woods was at in his prime. But Tiger Woods will, I believe, barring another injury setback, be back contending for major championships here before long. At this point, now I think we we all learned just to temper our expectations a little bit, it's going to take time for Tiger Woods to get back into the swing of things. He had a couple great tournaments early on in the year, but to expect him to contend at the Masters was probably asking a little too much.
1: Why do you say that? Just because trying to get back in the swing of things?
2: Well, absolutely. You think about this. Tiger Woods has not won a tournament in five years. He won a couple in 2012, a couple more in 2013. I think he's only won, what, four or five events in the last 10 years? It's just been one injury after another, one setback after another. And so to expect him to return to the highest level of competitive golf and compete at one of the most difficult courses in the United States in the biggest spotlight that golf has to offer, it was asking too much.
1: Fair enough. All right. Well, I want to move into our final topic, the MLB, specifically talking about Shohai Otani. He's had a heck of a season so far this year playing for the Angels. Baylor, do you have anything you want to talk about, or Parker? Either of you, just jump in. Whoever is ready. Baylor's joining us again.
0: Yeah, I am. Uh, Parker, I'm
1: going to let you start us off. Okay, I'll do that. Just that was a you, very, Taylor. very considerate yield.
2: Thank you, Baylor. It's not often he that he yields to me. I know that it's readily. On the subject of yes.
0: baseball, I will always yield to Parker Thune.
1: This is fair.
2: Shohai Otani, A guy coming over from professional baseball in Japan with high expectations. He was supposed to, he was supposed to be the next Babe Ruth, the guy that was going to be a two-way star, both as a pitcher and a hitter. And going into the year, I believed, and I think a lot of people believed that those expectations were far too high. That it was not reasonable to expect Shohai Otani to be a top flight pitcher and a top flight hitter simultaneously. But Early indications are that he can handle the pressure, and he can both hit and pitch with great aplomb.
0: Yeah, it's 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 shocking because in a league that's obviously not as competitive as Major League Baseball, the MLB, uh, he's 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 doing pretty well so far. I mean, I I I think a lot of people figured that he was going to come over and. I mean, not he was obviously going to be talented and all that, but have to adjust to playing in a much higher competitive league with much better teams.
2: Absolutely. But you look at what he's done. He's got three home runs in his first week and a half of action. He took a perfect game into the seventh inning in his second career major league start, struck out 12 batters in this game the guy has electric stuff from the mound of fastball that tops out in the triple digits and just his swing is so beautiful it it reminds me somewhat of Ichiro Suzuki's swing he's got that you can tell that he had a high leg kick back in his earlier days he, he's kind of tempered it a bit to deal with the higher velocities that MLB pitchers will throw at him but he's got such a smooth such a beautiful swing and he really hasn't experienced any of the yips that we traditionally see from players coming up from the minor leagues or coming over from foreign leagues. He's fit right in with that Angels system in his first couple of weeks of professional baseball. He's playing very well both as a pitcher and a hitter and his spring training performance left a lot of questions to be answered. He got hit around quite a bit as a pitcher in spring training. Had quite a quite a few strikeouts, was not really hitting the ball at all in spring training and so You know, whenever you have a performance like that and you already have the pressure of being the next Babe Ruth on your shoulders, there are obviously questions that people are going to have about whether you can handle those expectations. And, again, I feel like it's too much to expect that from Otani. Yeah. But he's absolutely a guy that can win 10 or 12 games a year as a pitcher and hit 20, 25 home runs. I don't believe that's at all out of the question.
0: Do you think that's going to lead to a lot of success for the Angels? Or do you think... Well, what do you think is going to happen with his career in the Angels? Do you think he'll leave pretty soon? or do you He'll think- stick around, and trust me, around.
2: him and Mike Trout, that's as dynamic a duo as you're going to find across the entire MLB. The Angels probably need to move on from Albert Pujols. That's, they took a significant uh, hit on their financial situation for years to come when they signed him to that long-term contract he never really panned out and i get that he's a legend he's a future hall of famer but he just hasn't produced for the angels they need to free up some cap space get him out of la and try to move on with younger talent they've got some talent there it's not just mike trout and Shohei otani cole calhoun is talented they've got a talented pitching staff it just it just comes down to I think moving on from holes, freeing up the massive amount of salary cap room that he takes up, and filling that void with solid players that you can build a team around.
1: All right. So one last question about Otani. Based on his performance so far, do you see him living up to the expectations of being the next Babe Ruth?
2: No. No, I don't. I don't
0: think—I think think it would be difficult— for anyone to ever do that, though, well, I mean absolutely. Babe Ruth played in the league before, before, uh, before black
2: athletes were allowed to play in the league, and I mean that took away a lot of talent. And you know the only the only reason he draws those comparisons is because Babe Ruth was the last individual to contribute to a team significantly as both a pitcher and a hitter. He was yeah. the last player to make 10 starts and hit 10 home runs in the same season. That's obviously what Shohei Otani is on track to do this season. But that's the only reason he draws comparisons to Babe Ruth. Babe Ruth, I firmly believe, is the greatest athlete in the history of sports because at his peak, he was outperforming most teams. He was hitting more home runs than most MLB teams were.
1: Baylor, I feel like you disagree with that statement.
0: I just... No, it's not that I disagree. He's probably... that. He's probably maybe the most dominant player in a sport. I just think it's funny to call him an athlete because he was chubby and he... Oh, yeah, he was. I mean, I, I,
1: I consider... But he hit dingers.
0: Like, yes, I consider Babe Ruth a lot of things. I don't know if I'd consider him an athlete. I mean, he just... Whenever I think athlete, I think of ripped guy who's got unusual physical abilities. And I guess he does have unusual... He did have unusual physical abilities, but I just think it's funny to consider him an athlete. If I'm looking at dominant athletes of all time, I think of, I think of Floyd Mayweather. I think of Tiger Woods. I think of, I think of Michael Phelps at his position. I think of players like that, Michael mm-hmm. Jordan. I just, whenever you say athlete, I don't instantly think Babe Ruth. The dude was, the dude was overweight, and I think he died of heart disease. Isn't yeah, like, he had a lot of he problems. Yeah, I mean, he overate and all that, but uh, Parker's right. He is—he is one of the most dominant athletes of all time. I just thought it was funny, I just, and he probably called on me because I was laughing because I think it's funny to call him an athlete. I
2: just—I think—I think back to Babe Ruth's career. He's this short, portly little guy mashing fifty, fifty-five home runs a year when the norm With for a ML- cigar in his mouth. Yeah, when the norm for MLB players of that era was five to seven every year, as I said. He was hitting more home runs than most entire teams were in that era. He absolutely revolutionized the game of baseball. And I can only wonder, with the workout training techniques that are around today and the juiced-up balls that baseball is playing with today, I can only wonder how far those home runs that Babe Ruth hit back in the day would be soaring nowadays.
1: Out of the ballpark, I'm sure. Well... That's going to do it for us today on Next Play. Thanks for listening in. Make sure to donate to our Patreon. Any money that you have, we appreciate it. It helps us keep things running here, and we are poor, broke college students. As always, thanks to John Pfeiffer for our intro and outro music. Make sure to follow us on social media at Next Play Pod. Drop us a line. Let us know how we are doing. If there's anything else you'd like to hear in the show or any comments or feedback that you have, we'd appreciate it. And now to end with my Kent Murphy quote of the day, that episode is gone forever, Aaron Hernandez. Yeah.
0: Hey, it's the grand season finale of Next Play coming to you in a, is it two weeks? Something like that approximately two weeks whenever we hit episode 50 we'll be wrapping up this season of next play it's gonna be wild we're gonna have games we're gonna have
1: prizes we're gonna have juice boxes we're gonna have juice boxes amazing we will have limoon sparkling
0: lemonade
1: no we won't yes we will can we have hubert's lemonade
0: tonight? no make sure that you tune in in approximately two weeks for the next play season finale of the Baylor, final episode when did you become the of the season of of next play? Make sure that you tune in. It's episode fifty.
1: It's
2: gonna be real good. We'll have Baylor's mic muted the whole time. You'll love it. <laughs>
1: that sounds amazing.